The Midday Report. I'm Mandy Wiener. Keep listening as we round up the key stories affecting your world with interviews with newsmakers, in-depth analysis and eyewitness news reporters on the ground. The Midday Report. 702. Let's walk the talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Midday Report on 702 and Cape Talk with me, Mandy Wiener. I've been watching Clive Barker's funeral all morning and amazing scenes at the moment because uh, I've just seen Robert Marawa, who is the MC, announcing Neil Tovey, who's walked up to the podium and everyone in the audience is waving South African flags. Um, there've uh, been tributes to him from his sons, uh, from his friends, speaking about how Clive was a true son of the soil, about the role that he played in winning. AFCON in 1996. It really is very poignant to see the entire audience there waving South African flags as Neil Tovey walks up uh, to pay tribute to the 1996 AFCON winning coach. Uh, So we'll take you there a bit later on in the show. But we start in the Western Cape where there have been various reports of flooding, rivers breaking their banks. There was torrential rain, gale force wind causing havoc across the province. There have been a number of warnings as well. Mop-up operations underway in some places. I've seen a lot of videos being shared um, of rivers that have broken their banks in Paul, in Stellenbosch as well. Uh, there is flooding downstream of the Vemershoek Dam. The bank of the Lawrence River in Somerset West has burst as well. The bank of the Yucklesflake Canal burst. So there's flooding in Tokai, in formal settlements in Delft, Philippi, Strand, Kuguletu, um, Masipumalele, Kailicha, all flooded as well. So we're going to start with Kevin Brunt, EWN reporter, who's been on the ground speaking to people. Kevin, tell us where you've been and what people have been telling you. A very good afternoon to you, Mandy. Well, yesterday I started in an area called the Los Angeles Informal Settlement. It's on the N2 highway next to the N2 as you make your way to Somerset West. And that is where residents painted a picture of what they have to deal with since the heavy rains poured down here in the city of Cape Town Metro. Just listen to what they told me, Mandy. No, I don't know where to sleep because I can't sleep on that house. It's very wet. In early morning, 3 a.m., woke up 3 a.m. in the morning and started doing this as I'm still doing it now. And there's no change. Around 2 a.m., mm. I saw it, I was coming through my door. It's that kind of a struggle, it's that time yeah. of the year. So we have to face it each and every year. Well, it was too bad because when I wake up this morning, my wardrobe at home, it was all over the water. So it was too bad. Now my house is full, you, you will see. It's full, it's full of water. So, Kevin, what kind of operations are underway to to try and recover from the situation? Nani, the city of Cape Town uh, sent us an update saying that more than 62 millimetres of rainfall um, has been recorded since the 13th of June and another 10 to 15 millimetres today. Um, No rain is expected for tomorrow, but various teams from different departments within the city of Cape Town um, are out and about to assist the flood-affected residents. At the moment, I'm now in Kayamnandi in Langa, where I'm joined by Mbulelo Stirman. He's a resident here, and I'm quickly just going to ask Mbulelo to give us an update of what residents had to deal with since the heavy rains poured down here in the city of Cape Town. Um, okay, so yeah, like we live in the ocean. You know the ocean. We're in the ocean. The drains are blocked. Children can't go to school. We hungry. We don't have the food. Electricity is off. Actually, we don't have electricity. So, guys, it's really hectic here. Like, it's bad, 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 bad. 
This in my my brother this weekend spent like eight thousand. So I told him um that the shake up. Remember that money that should save me money. So now he here to spend that money. So guys, we're losing a lot. Mandy, that was Mbulelo. Spearman is a resident here. Yeah, I'm currently in Langa talking to residents affected by the flooding. I'm also going to make my way to other areas, including Kailicha. There's also the Salaris passing some Midwest in various affected areas. The mayor of the city of Cape Town, Jordan Hill Lewis, you also embark on site visits to some of these affected areas where I'll also join in there to hear uh, in a bit more detail exactly what the city of Cape Town is doing to try and assist these affected residents, Mandy. Kevin, thank you very much uh, for bringing us the voices of those people on the ground who've been affected. Speaking of the mayor, Cape Town Mayor Jordan Hill lewis uh, joining us now. Mr. Mayor, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we've got a sense from Kevin on the ground uh, around uh, what, what people are experiencing. Can you give us an overall picture of the city of Cape Town and what the impact has been? Sure. Uh, on the positive side, we have had no loss of life. We've had no one, uh, no serious injuries. Uh, the, so that is obviously great. Uh, on the negative, uh, and also we've just had a, the reconnection of, of residents living in the Halderberg Basin area where that ESCOM substation was, mm. was swamped underwater yesterday. They had about a 24-hour outage. They are reconnected now. So that's the positive. The negative is that many of the rivers in the city, about five or six rivers now, have burst their banks. Several of them have just started uh, bursting their banks again because it is still raining now. Uh, so after subsiding for a few hours, the, the water levels are rising again. And that is, of course, invading uh, into people's homes. Uh, it is There's lots of parts in, in informal settlements where uh, people are living with water in their homes. That is uh, very, very unpleasant. There are businesses that are flooded. There's at least one hospital in Takai. Uh, that I'm going to be visiting shortly where uh, the hospital is having to activate their emergency plan, possibly considering uh, taking some some of their patients out. And so there are still lots and lots of problems to deal with in the city. All of our teams, uh, hundreds of people are out helping to pump water where we uh, and and so we are we are just doing our best and and you know just ask residents to please be very, very careful out there. In terms of the response operations, what is what is being done by the city in terms of either alternative accommodation for those people whose homes have been flooded uh, or just, just interim measures that you're taking as a city? Yeah, so the most, uh, the most common interim measure is for us to pump water to well pumps uh, and to provide sandbags which, which disaster management is doing around the city to, you know, to try and stop water from going into people's homes. Uh, and then really in, in cases where people's homes are totally inundated to, uh, to try to help them move out, as we have done in, in various parts of the city. And any specific appeals uh, in terms of, of your residents? Anything you want them to do, how they can help you? Oh, thank you. That's very kind. We've had we've had some people offering uh, some support for our disaster management workers in terms of food and, and cool drinks and so on, uh, and that's always very very welcome. Our disaster management centre in Goodwood is is the uh, drop off point, uh, as well as any local fire station, uh, and of course then you know for the many people who are living in unbelievably tough conditions with with water all around them in in shacks and so on. Uh, blankets in particular are helpful and, um, and, and food donations.
Mr. Mayor, thank you very much. Uh, Jordan Hill-Lewis, the mayor of Cape Town, giving us a sense of, of what the situation is in the city of Cape Town, speaking there about several rivers that have burst their banks, a uh, hospital that's been affected as well, informal settlements. Well, let's look uh, beyond Cape Town towards uh, the, the rest of the Western Cape as well and speak to the Western Cape MEC of Local Government and Environmental Affairs, Anton Bradell. MEC, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your thank time. You. Uh, Paul Stellenbosch, uh, those are areas that have definitely been affected Somerset West. Can you give us a, a picture across the province of what you're dealing with? Well, it's actually very widespread, so our resources get stretched. It's actually the whole West Coast, the Cape Winelands District, as well as Overberg. So it's around about 15 municipalities that's been affected. Currently, um, one of the big issues, the Citrus Dal is, is, is um, closed down. Um, but you cannot get in, and, in or out, so we're busy trying to fix the road there so that people can move. Um, and Overstrand, the whole of Hermanus, up to Hans by Stanford and surrounding areas are without electricity since Wednesday night. Um, we've lost four uh, pylons there, so ESCOM is working throughout the night. They stopped last night, 10 o'clock, to, because of the danger of the kind of work and, and the terrain, and etc. So, But they, they're on site, they're trying their utmost best, so they ask people to, to be patient. In Rosenville, we've... Um, there's around about a thousand people displaced, so we work very closely with social services to provide food and blankets, etc., to them. We've evacuated various areas um, from Odemolen, um, in Paul, right through. Um, and it's always problematic for people to leave, leave their houses, etc. But our number one priority is to save lives. And I must tell you, I'm quite impressed. Our system do work. Our early warning system helped us a lot. And our partners, the NGOs, um, South Africa Sea Rescue Institute, Sandra, the 4x4 people, SAPS Rescue Unit, the city of Cape Town, all jump in working together um, with a common goal of saving lives and to restore to normal as soon as possible when, when there's infrastructure problems. You speak about how widespread this is and, and how stretched resources are. Are there any one or two areas that you're particularly concerned about that, 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 that you're watching closely? Well, all our disaster management centers are activated, so it happens in different areas. We we try to mop up now as quick as possible because we've got a breather period of around about 12 to, to, 20, to 20 hours. Then a second uh, next um, cold front will hit us on Saturday. Um, so, yes, we, we keep a close eye on all our municipalities. Um, now, currently, we need to open Citrusdal because we want people to have access to and get in and out. Um, opening um, the roads when, when, when there's mudslides, etc. But uh, the priority is also to get Hermanus um, to Hans by back on, on the grid. Um, it's important that we do fix that as soon as possible. So we work very closely with ESCOM. Um, and we're very grateful that we haven't lost a life currently up till now. That, that is uh, very encouraging, uh, considering the extent of, of the damage. Uh, MEC, is there anything that uh, you need the public to do that will help you at, at the moment? Well, obviously, um, uh, we, we, we want to thank the people that, that jump in and bring us some soup-to-soup kitchens and fire stations and blankets and, and food. And if anybody's got any resources, they can take it to the nearest fire station or, or disaster center. Um, we will see to it that it gets 
um, to to where where it's needed, um, especially like smaller places like the Rosenwald. I mean, they don't have the the facilities or or the the resources to feed a thousand people. So we need to jump in and help them. And and I'm just grateful for all the help that people do bring to us. Um, I can give you a toll free number if people wants to call it sure. for either assistance or when they want to to help. Oh um, eight double o. O six three double seven two. That's toll free number. So it's zero eight double zero zero six three double seven two. And there's people on standby that will assist and will then take their calls, and we will channel um, the help to the necessary areas. MEC, thank you very much. Uh, Best of luck to you and your teams. That's the Western Cape MEC of Local Government Environmental Affairs speaking to us there about the extent of the flooding across the Western Cape. If you are affected, if you've been impacted, if you've seen anything, send us a WhatsApp voice note. uh, 072-702-1702-072-567-1567. Well, what kind of weather is in store for the rest of the week in the Western Cape specifically? And is there going to be any reprieve? Venetia Pakula is an SA Weather Service forecaster joining us now Venetia good afternoon to you uh, we've been talking about how much strain the Western Cape is under uh, what kind of, of weather are we expecting today and over the next few days uh, so that we can get a sense of how this may impact uh, today we're still expecting the continuation of rain I think there will be a moderation towards uh, the end of the day and then tomorrow we're not expecting anything much there might still be a bit of drizzle in the morning otherwise for most of the day I'd, I think uh, the Captonians will get a bit of a relief unfortunately on Saturday we have another cold front uh, coming and it will bring uh, some more rain we're not expecting it to be as hectic as this but the unfortunate part is with all the damages and the um, moisture that's already in the soil that is very saturated. we expecting the flooding to continue in places as well on Saturday. So I would advise uh, our disaster management and the people in Cape Town to take uh, precautions as we're still expecting this rain to continue Saturday. It will continue into a Sunday with a bit of moderation, not as much uh, heavy falls expected for the next uh, coming few days. But like I said, just because we had too much rainfall, the soil is very saturated, we just need to take uh, precaution. But there's still there's mm. a bit of relief coming on Friday. And Venetia, are we expecting this uh, weather system to move inland? If we're in Gauteng, will we uh, feel any of it? No, we're not expecting it to uh, move inland. What we will get over Houting is a bit of a drop in temperatures, but no rain. Okay, Venetia, thank you so much. Uh, Venetia Pakula, SA Weather Service forecaster, speaking to us there. So that's a picture across the Western Cape uh, from our reporter on the ground, from the Cape Town Mayor, from the MEC, and an idea of what kind of weather you can expect uh, over the next couple of days. The Midday Report.
So speaking of which, uh, and as the, the cold weather hits uh, across the country with winter and uh, all of this weather system, the Salvation Army is asking for donations of food, clothes, blankets as well for those who need uh, this, who may live on the streets during this time. Let's speak now to the Salvation Army spokesperson, Tate Tsile Semeno. Tate Tsile, good afternoon to you. Thank you very much for your time. Tell us what the Salvation Army needs at the moment for the opportunity and we, we are faced with the with the challenge of uh, cold weather at the moment where we are very much in our in our with uh, people uh, uh, calls making calls and coming to our premises asking for clothes uh, blankets and uh, uh, some warm meals so that becomes a challenge so we are appealing to our to the community to to respond to the call of um, uh, 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 assisting people with uh, blankets and, and clothes and, and, and hot meals, most especially the people who are sleeping in the streets who have nowhere uh, to go and who are very, very faced with a uh, uh, challenge appealing to the community for that kind of assistance. Tate Tile, thank you very much. Tate Tile Semeno, the Salvation Army spokesperson. That line, uh, not great, but you get a sense there of what they're looking for. The Midday Report. The head of the Hawks, the Directorate for Priority Crime Investigation, Lieutenant General Godfrey Lebeer, also Dr. Advocate Godfrey Lebeer, uh, has been giving an update on the milestones achieved during the fourth quarter. Uh, so he's been going through various cases, uh, prosecutions, convictions. I think perhaps the, the headline, as you heard in EWN, the big takeaway has been that the case that was laid by Tokyo Sehwale on allegations of a white spiritual boy trust. Remember that big press conference that he had about the white spiritual boy trust well that investigation has found that the allegations were unsubstantiated Khamotso Modise EWN reporter following that story for us so Khamotso good afternoon to you the big takeaway at the moment has been those allegations of the white spiritual boy trust uh, what has been said there about this Good afternoon, Mandy. So I think the first or the main um, outcome from the investigations by the Hawks is that they've found that the allegations are unsubstantiated. We're hearing General Godfrey Libya now who's been speaking about how they had um, inquired with a number of international bodies, including Interpol, um, as part of their investigation. And so that's how they formed this opinion um, and the outcome really saying that the allegations are unsubstantiated. But he's also said, you know, South Africans should just take the time to read when it comes to these things, um, you know, and not believe all of these claims that are made. So it does seem that that investigation after two years, man, yes, two years after it was made um, or the complaint was made, that the outcome has now come from the Hawks. What else has uh, General uh, Advocate Dr. Godfrey Lebeer been saying about the the Hawks in terms of of, uh, cases that were taken to court, prosecutions, convictions, all of that? Yeah. So, I mean, he's spoken about a number of things. The first one is that there's been a 94% conviction rate when it comes to COVID-19 cases, that COVID-19 relief scheme cases. Um, And he says that while, you know, these investigations are moving rather slowly, I mean, we're still seeing people being arrested as 
latest, uh, the latest one being yesterday, um, they have been moving these matters to the courts. He says several of these matters are currently before the courts. Um, he's also given updates with regards to state capture land, which I think um, is one that we've all been waiting for to find out where the conviction rates there are. And um, unfortunately, you know, well, fortunately or unfortunately, he says there's only been two matters that have been concluded before the courts. And both of those matches have resulted in a conviction. However, um, I mean, when you look at the number of um, uh, cases that were before the Hawks, you know, I really do think that that's, that's, uh, that that's not a lot to go by. And he says if we're speaking conviction rates, then that truly is 100% because all of the matters that have been finalized with regards to state capture have resulted in conviction. He says several other people are before the courts currently, individuals are before the courts currently, for state capture, and they are being investigated. However, again, those matters are really moving slow, and they are hoping to to, uh, to see them result in conviction. But I think another interesting thing that came out of the press today is that many of the investigations here that have been detailed, he's given details up to about uh, 32 cases in, this, in the latest uh, results for the fourth quarter. Many of them, Mandy, while they've resulted in convictions, these are many fraud cases, uh, we're hearing how many of these cases actually result in suspended sentences. I mean, there's a matter here um, where there's been a fraud match, I think, with regards um, several millions here. And the, the sentence was 10 years wholly suspended. And I think that's really sure. concerning, um, you know, when we see the Hawks putting in so much work and so much money into these mm. investigations. And many of the cases ended up um, with uh, suspended sentences. So he's currently speaking to that, actually, which okay. is one of the questions that I have asked him. He's also going to be telling us more about the Marcus Yurster investigation, which I think is an interesting one that we've Ooh. all been waiting to hear about. Definitely. That's going to be interesting. Khamoto, thank you so much. Khamoto Madise, EWN reporter, giving us an update there on the Hawks uh, press conference underway. Uh, interesting to hear about what's happening with Marcus Yurster and whether there is uh, progress there. Uh, but the big headline is is the White Spiritual Boy Trust, uh, the allegations by Tokyo Sehwale, unsubstantiated. The Midday Report. So today um, is the opening of the Grade 1 and Grade 8 online admissions process for 2024. The system opening at 8 a.m. today. The Gauteng Education MEC Matome Chilwane uh, today is at the Winterfeld Multipurpose Hall in Winterfeld in Pretoria, where uh, the MEC is visiting a local library to monitor operations. The MEC joining us now. Uh, MEC, good afternoon to you. Thank you for your time. Uh, how has the system coped so far and what kind of activity have you seen this morning? Thank you. Good afternoon and good afternoon to your listeners. Look, so far the system has been uh, operating well. Uh, we have not really picked up any challenges. I have to say that uh, there are those two parents who have that uh, they were seeing some one or two errors, but predominantly because of con- their connectivity on their side more than anything. Uh, so we had advised them to just reload and then reapply. And so far as we speak, we're sitting at over 160,000 applications. Applications thus far. Uh, it's already midday, so you can see that parents uh, are responding positively to ensure that they get spaces uh, for their children. So, so far, so good. I think the important point to note here is that it's not necessarily on a first-come, first-serve basis, is it? So there's not there's not a rush, or is there? It, no, it's not a rush. Uh, there, are, there are factors that we, we, we utilize to 
to place learners. The first for there are five areas, there are five areas that we look at, and in order of priority as to how we place learners. So it's not necessarily a first come first serve and a rush, but ideally it's better if you come early and then you you really do apply for your child. That's why you are aging parents that try to do it before the end of um, the closing date, which is the 14th of July. Okay, so parents have got until the 14th of July. If if parents are experiencing some kind of of uh, challenge, problem, issue, what is your advice to them? No, we have a toll-free number that they can phone, but most pro- mostly it's going to be about connectivity more than anything. There's not really been any glitches uh, so far. We've been monitoring the system very closely. Uh, we've been listen- listening to our call center. Most of the issues are just reloads. It's just connectivity, so they, they shouldn't anticipate any fundamental issue. MEC, thank you very much. Uh, the Gauteng Education MEC, Matome Chilwane, speaking there. Uh, let me know what your experience has been. If you have uh, gone onto that system today, if you are trying to register your child for grade one or grade eight for next year, let us know how it's been coping. The Midday Report. Workers affiliated with Nahau and the Academic and Professional Staff Association protesting at the Sefako Makato University in Kharankua. Gloria Matswere, EWN reporter, watching that for us, joining us in studio. Uh, Gloria, what do we know about this protest and uh, what uh, what's being said there? Andy, so what is happening right now is that um, all the, the workers that are affiliated to APSA and Nehau are protesting at the university. There has been a wage negotiation that has been ongoing since March. And it seems like the university and the workers are not finding each other because there has been an offer that's been made by the university, but the workers are not willing to budge. Their demands are still the same. They're still demanding a 7% wage increase. And also one of their demands is for the university to allow them to cash out um, the leave days that they don't take. Okay, um, you've got some some audio of some people uh, who've been speaking there. Let us know what uh, who it is and what's been said. Okay, so this is the university's uh, Lusani Nechitomboni, and he is the spokesperson of the university. Is basically saying that they've made sure to put measures in place to ensure that this protest, the strike, does not disrupt their academic um, program because they their exams actually did start today, so they have those measures in place. What really led to the, the strike is that the university is offering um, a 5% salary increase across the board. The workers are demanding 7% increase, and, and there is no agreement on the score. What has then happened is that the, the workers applied at the CCMA to have this declared a protective strike, which, which was granted. But then what happens is that once they started with the strike last week, some of the provisions of the certificate they got, the, the contract in those. And as a result of that, in order to protect the university exams and all other activities, the university management went to the Labour Court to to really raise these issues. And the Labour Court uh, ruled in favour of the university to basically say that they are not allowed to hinder anybody from coming to the university or interrupt the activities of the university. I can also confirm that um, as a result of these and many other measures that the university has put in place, the exams have so, have so far proceeded unhindered. As we speak, the, the different sessions that are taking place and, and everything is going smoothly on that score. Uh, so, Gloria, there is a meeting today to try and resolve this. Yes.
happening today. The unions are meeting with the with the university and they are hoping that they'll find some kind of solution to ensure that the workers go back to work and the university does not experience any more disruptions because of this. Gloria, thank you very much. Uh, Gloria Motswere, EWN reporter, having a look at the Sefako Makato University in Harankua. The Midday Report. That's a wrap of the day's news. Don't forget you can catch the full Midday Report live on 702 and Cape Talk via our streams on YouTube and our website 702.co.za and capetalk.co.za. Keep checking in for updates from my colleagues at Eyewitness News. Till the next time, I'm Mandy Wiener. The Midday Report.